Hi, this is Ni. I'm the Marketing and Communications Specialist at CARE. I'm Melissa. I'm one of the Violence Prevention Coordinators at CARE, and you are listening to The Narrative Project. Hello, and welcome back to The Narrative Project. Today, we will be continuing our conversation on online dating with our lovely guests. Let's have everyone quickly reintroduce themselves with their names, pronouns, their affiliation, where they are coming in from today, and a description of themselves and their background. I can go ahead and get started. Hi, everyone. I'm Elida. I use she, her, hers pronouns. I'm a marketing and communications intern at the care office. I'm calling in from Irvine. I'm wearing black t-shirt and a dark gray hijab, glasses, and an orange necklace. I'm in a white wall room. There's a white door behind me and a record player and a calendar on the wall. Hi, everyone. My name is Mika. I use she, they pronouns. I'm the marketing administrative intern here at the care office. I'm currently calling in from the Bay Area. I'm wearing a yellow cardigan. I have my hair down and I currently have a blue care background with care contact information and a little anteater in the corner. All right. My name is Hazal. My pronouns are she, they, and I'm an outreach and prevention education intern here at the care office. Um, I'm calling in from Irvine, California. I'm wearing a gray turtleneck with a checkered blazer on top. I have my hair half up, half down, and it's black and medium length. And my background is the same as Mika's, a blue UCI care background. Hi, uh, my name is Jody. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I'm calling from Anaheim, California. And a description of myself is I have blonde, medium length hair. I'm wearing a black t-shirt that says always tired, and I'm in a white room with a bookshelf and clothes in the back. Hi, my name is Anna. My pronouns are she, her. I'm calling in from Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm a UCI alum, and I now attend Northern Arizona University for grad school. And I'm wearing a blue turtleneck and a green sweater with purple walls behind me. My name is Irene. I use she, her pronouns. I was asked to be here today by Hazal, although I do currently attend UCI as well. I am calling in from Cupertino, aka the Bay Area, and description of myself is that I have shoulder-length black slash dark brown hair. I am wearing a dark floral blouse, and I currently have a blue background with the UCI care information on the upper left-hand corner. Thank you all. To preface our discussion, we will be conversing on sensitive topics, going in depth on personal understandings of boundaries and how those understandings are influenced by culture, upbringing, and involvements. We talked about online dating experience in general, and consent is an important part of online dating. So for our first question is, what are some precautions you take when online dating or just online conversing with people? I think a precaution I take is I don't tell them like exactly where I'm from. I'll say like Orange County instead of like Anaheim. I will probably never give my last name out because I don't want them to find my social media or like look too deeply for me. And then if I do meet up with them, I let my friends know where I'm going and I share my location and I text them whenever like I'm, I'm at somewhere or if I move locations just so they know that I'm safe. And typically I try to like meet up with someone that looks legitimate and not like only has one kind of blurry picture of themselves and are like random type of thing because I don't want to get snatched up. But usually if I'm like talking to a stranger online, like just like randomly or like um, someone who follows me and I don't follow them, try to keep it short. I don't try to like engage in conversation for too long because I don't want them to ask too much like personal things about me. 
I always try to get a really good read on the person and like see what the vibes are. And then if the conversation's going well, like I'll talk to them for a while before giving them like my phone number or my social media, anything like that. Last name, like Jody said, don't tell them your exact location. And then I think it's just a great rule if you are going to meet up always a public place, always a place where there's lots of people around, always tell your friends where you're going, share your location, like she said. And then like, don't like, usually you want to get to know them a lot before you like go to their house, unless that's like your end goal. I don't know. And like letting them know where you live, like that should only come when you know that they're safe and that like your friends know where you're going, all of that. So just taking baby steps before you share your personal information for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, Personally, when I used to use, like, Tinder and stuff, like, I would be very hesitant to, like, give out, like, personal information. Like, I usually waited for the other person to do it first. And, like, if I felt like the vibe was, like, okay, then, like, I'd be like, oh, like, yeah, you can have, like, my Instagram handle or whatever. Or, like, you can have my number. But, like, I also tried to pick stuff where, like, in case the conversation was not going as well as it did on the app, like, I could easily, like, stop talking to them without repercussion. And then when I did go on, like, in-person dates, okay, well, I did tell my friends where I was going. And they literally were there. Like, they spied on me throughout the whole day. Like, (laughs) I went to two different places. And at both places, they were all there. So I was like, I don't even need to share my location. Although I also did as a precaution. Like, it was kind of, like, nice knowing that, like, they were there. Although kind of creepy, too, (laughs) if I'm going to be honest. But I think just, like, letting, especially, like, as a female... I think it's like pretty important to like let your friends know because we've all heard like horror stories about like not that it should be like someone else's fault that like something negative has happened to them but like just like basic precautions I'd like to think that like both sides could benefit from using. Something I've noticed too is like the whole thing about sharing your location, like as a woman, like dating men and like knowing the precautions and stereotypes that can go along with that. Like I always mention something about, oh yeah, my friends have my location or like, yeah, but like we're going to meet up in public. I'm not going to let you pick me up because like, you know, like kind of making allusions to that because I find it to be a red flag if they get offended and they're like, oh, like you think like something bad's going to happen or something like that. Like people that are like genuinely good will be like, oh yeah, I totally understand. Like that's kind of like a, not a test I use, but like just something that to let them know, like, I know that this can be dangerous and I'm trusting you, but if anything goes wrong, like I have a way out and I have people like looking out for me. I think that can make me feel safer and let them know like where I'm at. I just think it's so interesting how the shift of dating, dating like safely has turned to this compared to like our parents, how they dated. Like my parents, the way they met, my mom was coming out of like nail school or something like that. And then my dad's like, who is that? And then that's how they started dating. Just so simply. And I bet she didn't, she never felt like unsafe or she had to like take all these precautions or like if you go out well back then like if you went out to like a club or like a bar like I went to a rave and these guys were coming up to us trying to talk to us and asking me my friend if we wanted a drink and I said no like please leave us alone no because like you don't know you don't know these people you don't know what they're gonna try to do with your drinks or all that or like they're creepy you're trying to take you home and like I don't know you don't know I just feel like it's crazy now that you really can't trust anybody until like, I don't know, like a long time in or like months in or like just, I don't know. I think it's crazy. Times have changed. Like, I kind of feel like back then it was like what you saw in front of you was like usually what you get. But like on online dating, you could be like totally dry, like online, but like 
super chill in person or you could like be a nice guy TM on dating and then like be a complete creep or like disgusting in real life so I feel like it's easier for like you to get comfortable with like someone's persona and not necessarily all of them until like that's something you have to experience in like real life it's just like insane how it's usually on women to be taking these precautions like that is something I'm still like not happy about like I think I would do it regardless of like the stigma like surrounding like women and their dating experiences just because I feel like good knowing that people know where I are like people I trust know where I am but I just wish like men would also realize that it's not okay that we have to do this like as a default and not like a personal choice. I think it's also a big reason that a lot of people now resort to online dating and dating apps like Jody mentioned like if people come up to you in real life and they're hitting on you or whatever, like most of our reaction is like, no, like, I can't believe that. Like, that's the way it just used to be. And like, people weren't creeped out by that. They would like love the attention or whatever. But now that so much of our lives are online, the second like something happens like that in real life, we are immediately like afraid or like, it feels like that shouldn't be happening or we don't want that kind of attention. So I think that's where the consent comes in with when you go online dating or on a dating app, like you're giving your consent to these people where in person, like, unless you're going up to them or whatever, like there's such a different dynamic, like of a man going up to a woman versus the other way around taking a heteronormative view there. But it's, it's just weird how things have changed in such a short, like maybe 20 years, like things are completely different. Pre-COVID, pre my relationship, I would be the one to go up to men and start talking to them because I feel like to me, I feel more comfortable if I was talking to like a guy that wasn't pursuing me. Whereas if a guy was pursuing me, like you don't know the lengths that he would go or like what he was, his true goal is, you know? So I felt more comfortable, like just making the first moves. And usually it's, it's easier to get what you want as a woman if you make the first moves. So, I mean, if anyone is trying to date out there, just shoot your shot, honestly. <laughs> Cause you never know, okay? Cause I shot my shot through DMs and now I'm with like a loving man and it's, it's, it's awesome. Like, I don't know how to say it. Wait, that's another thing. I know like multiple people who have like slid into someone's DMs and like ended up, like it went really well. Like one of my friends from high school is like engaged to a guy that slid into her DMs. So, I mean, that's another aspect of online, like how things are, it's just another method to do the same thing. I think we kind of touched upon this, but are there any unspoken rules when you're dating online? And what do those like initial conversations look like? Or like those conversations about those unspoken rules look like for everyone? I think like an unspoken rule is that the first like opening line or like whoever messages first that really like sets the vibe because if someone messages you and like you can tell like they just want to hook up or like they are not like interested in you as a person like you could tell immediately versus like some people like take the time to like respond to something specific in your profile or like make a joke or like try to be funny or whatever like I think the rule is the first person shoots their shot the other person either likes that or doesn't and then they reply or not based on that and we kind of just accept that that's how it goes and there's so many other chances and so many other people that if it doesn't work out with one person it's not a big deal there's just like once in a while there's someone that gets really upset if you don't reply to them or they don't like how you start the conversation or whatever but I think those are more rare cases I think like another unspoken rule would be how if we're dating men and we don't feel like safe I think like an unspoken rule is to know like where you're meeting up like how Anna touched upon earlier like to know where you're meeting up meeting up in a public place like letting people know like where you are and I think that's just like safety 
like overall safety and like feeling safe and like a relationship or with anybody at all or talking to someone it's like a big unspoken role when it comes to online dating because you never really know oh I just thought of another one something I've noticed is that people usually give you their number instead of asking for your number or they wait for you to give your number like unprompted maybe I've just only talked to nice people but that's something I've seen because I think that oh like can I have your number like can seem like very because the dating app is like a safe space that's like contained and they can't find you outside of that like asking for a piece of personal information feels very invasive so I don't know just something I've observed I think like taking it a step upon that, Anna, like when you ask for a number, that basically means like you want to continue the conversation. You're actually interested in this person compared to like only talking on the app that you may or may not check or like talking only on Instagram or talking only on Snapchat. Like that means you're not, I feel like it has the essence of being not fully committed or interested in talking to this other person. So like when you take it a step further to get it like their number or something like their email, maybe like that means like you really are interested in this person compared to only talking on that. I agree with that. Like, I feel like for me, sometimes it's like a little difficult to like tell if guys are like still interested or not. So I feel like when they like ask or like they're just like, hey, like this is my handle or whatever on Instagram, like hit me up there. It like gives me like some amount of reassurance, like, okay, they're still like dating this conversation. I'm not gonna have to just awkwardly ghost them out of nowhere. Like, I think it's reassuring for me, at least. So what are some instant red flags on a profile or like within a conversation? How do you like check people's vibes generally? Uh, This is a tough one, but something that came up, especially if you were on dating apps in the fall of 2020, was Bumble added political affiliation. And if that's something that matters to you, like, and they put that in their profile, you can immediately know if you want to swipe right or left. Something that my roommate came across, actually, the other day when she was on Tinder, we live in Flagstaff, and it's kind of not a small town, but like kind of there's a lot of rural areas around and lots of outdoorsy people. And there was a guy who was into hunting and had a picture of him with a dead animal. And that was red flags. So if people put hobbies or whatever that you really don't support, or you're just like, you can immediately tell you don't share their views. That's so easy because you just swipe left or you don't talk to them. Whereas in real life, you won't see a full bunch of pictures and a bunch of facts about them. You just see a person. So maybe that can be a plus of dating apps as you can see the red flags right away. I think a way for me to spot red flags is I'm a type of person that likes to get straight to the point. I don't like to waste my time. So usually like the first day I like to ask like, what are you looking for? Like, what do you want? If our, if what we don't want doesn't align or doesn't match up, then I usually just like, Hey, this is good. Like we're good. Like we don't have to talk anymore. Like this isn't, isn't what I want. But I think red flags for me are if you don't share the same political beliefs. Like for example, like this past election, or if you don't share the same views I have concerning coronavirus, like I cannot be affiliated with you in any sort of way. I don't think I could be your friend. I cannot talk to you anymore because I don't think anything you say is reasonable. But also like a red flag for me is, this might be just me, but if they're not close to their family, I just think it's because culturally, I'm a type of person that is very family oriented and I love spending time with my family, even though they drive me insane sometimes. I do like to hang out with them. And if I don't find a partner that is the same way, I feel like it's just a big no-no. 
I agree on the political thing because like I know like everyone's allowed to have like their own political views and stuff but there are some things I kind of feel are non-negotiable for me like corona the last election like these are things I definitely have strong opinions on and like I'm really not sure what argument you could give me that would sway like my thoughts on that that you know are rooted in science But um, also for me, another thing I look out for is like, if like, usually I let guys make the first move, but if it's like an overtly like sexual thing, like I get really uncomfortable because I'm like, we haven't even like exchanged a word. I'm like, this is what you're sending me. So like, I don't want to know, like, I don't want this to go anywhere else. Also, maybe this is really shallow, but I, because I'm interested in dating men, it kind of makes me a little uncomfortable when I like see them only posting like pictures on their profile of like them with other girls I'm just like are you trying to say you're a player because I'm not looking for that so like I don't understand the purpose of that but that might just be me because like that's not my style no I totally understand when I was online dating if any guy I swiped on or like was you know going through my tinder feed and I saw that he had a picture like a lot of girls like I if it's not all his sister but like also why would you post your sister on a dating app you know what I mean like or like your mom or your aunt like come on now like you gotta realize that this is deterring you from matches because like you're advertising that you're like a player like I don't know if girls would like that I would not like that but I definitely agree with you Irene like I don't understand why guys think it's okay to post pictures of other girls like if anything if you want to get more matches or more girls to talk to you post a picture of your dog or your cat like you'll definitely get the matches I think there's also a lot of red flags that can be like consent related that come up in the conversation so if you're just messaging casually and they like ask if you want to meet up or like something more forward like I don't know they're asking like if they can come over to your house or something like that and you say no like you set a boundary and then they immediately like get upset or attack you or start insulting you that's obviously a red flag because the second you didn't give them what they wanted like they turned on you like obviously that's not someone that you want to be with and then also looking at profiles like you see them online all the time where people are making fun of like profiles that are so ridiculous and it's like who would even write that but just things that are openly misogynist like anything they say like oh all women on here are the same like girls just want money like any like weird general comments like that I'm like what are you doing like do you even like women like it seems like you just are here to ridicule them but those things again are super easy to see so you always know what you're getting into I agree like I can't even count the amount of times I'll see like a tinder profile and there'll be like something like demeaning about like a woman or something or like social issues and it's like prove me wrong about this and I'm like there's literally sites that have scientifically backed facts that could do that for you but whatever like also when guys like I know like some people have like preferences I still feel like that's kind of like a gray area like if you tend to like date a certain type of person or whatever but it really annoys me when people put like I literally saw this a few days ago but on hinge like you guys know how they like have those prompts or whatever like I'll fall for you if blank so some guy literally like he swiped on me and then he wrote I'll fall for you if you're Latina and I was like why would you say that like if I was Latina which I'm not I would just be so uncomfortable with someone like that swipe on me it's like casual fetishized like it's disgusting as an Asian woman, I have a lot to say about these sexual fetishes. I think it's really weird when guys I don't talk to anymore or like 
people like acquaintances from school try to message me on Facebook and they're like, let me be your white husband, my first Asian girl type of thing or something like that. Something like really awful. Like, I think it's just really disgusting. That's definitely, I mean, I feel like anybody that puts a race or ethnicity or culture in their like bio saying that like, oh, I'll follow you for you if you're Latina or like Asian or whatever their preferences. I think it's very creepy, disgusting. And also side note, a lot of people when I used to work at restaurants, they would like come up to me and ask me my culture and I would tell them and then they're like, oh yeah, my wife is Thai. Okay, I don't get it. But I just think that's, that's how I put that out there. That's not okay. Whoever listens to this, that's not okay, okay? I feel like the word preference is like so loaded. This was another thing that came up when I was like talking about online dating on TikTok that people got really heated over because I think people get confused about like what a preference is because there's a difference between a preference and a fetish. And it can become really easy on dating apps to literally just swipe through and look for people that meet your requirements, which feels really gross to say. But some people are like looking for a certain thing. And like, I think that's fine to an extent, but those are also always the people that talk about it and have to make it known. Sometimes they even put it in their profile, like what they're looking for. And I think dating apps are shallow enough already without that. So, okay, yeah, like you can see people that you like the way they look or you're attracted to them or whatever, but you can at least make an effort to get to know them before just like putting them in a bucket of your preference or not your preference. And then also there's no reason to like shame them for it. Yeah, like I mentioned something in one of my TikToks about like, oh yeah, I'm tall, I'm 5'9". So like I happen to like, I've dated tall guys, guys that are taller than me. And everyone immediately was like, why would you say that? Like, keep it to yourself. Like you told us to keep our preferences to ourselves. And I was like, well, you guys were saying that you only date skinny women, which is a completely loaded topic that has other societal implications and privilege associated with it. So that's very different. They didn't get it, of course. But at the end of the day, just like be kind to people. And if you do have preferences, keep them to yourself unless absolutely necessary and if it's a fetish that's not that does not count at all also felt like preference it's like you can say for example like Anna like you like to date tall guys but I, I feel like you're the type of person that if you met someone that's either your height or shorter and you actually genuinely like them you would probably give them a chance you know like a preference doesn't mean you only date tall guys or this type of person if they have this or they have that it's just like oh I would like this in a partner but if they don't have it and you still like them anyways that doesn't matter it's like saying oh I like cheeseburgers but I'll set her for like a hamburger type of thing you know Exactly. Like people aren't just like boxes to check. And I feel like it can feel like that on dating apps. In my personal experience, like men that are shorter than me are usually not that nice to me because they're intimidated because of like patriarchy or whatever. So that's just my experience. But if someone comes along and they're 5'8 and they're the most amazing person I've ever met, I'm really like, heck yeah. So yeah, exactly. You're open to different things. Yeah. Like I think it's okay to like have preferences, like height and stuff or like things that you keep, like, I think Joey said, like, have things to keep in mind, but like, you still remain open-minded to like meeting other people who may not necessarily like fit that criteria. But like, some guys are just so fixated. Like, if you just like look at like their past exes and stuff, you're just like, wow, I feel like I'm looking at the same girl in like different outfits. Like, that's how I felt like 99% of the time. Cause I was like, it's very clear you are specifically looking for like one type of person and like, you could meet like the nicest, most amazing person who doesn't meet those requirements and like you still wouldn't go for them like I think that's a little discouraging as well all right so our next question is what are some ways you can identify toxic behavior with online dating and how do you deal with it 
I think this kind of came up with the red flags, but when, like, if you're dating someone, like, and it's your first interaction, like, you expect them to be on their best behavior, like, on a first date, like, everyone's on their best behavior. So if they're already exhibiting signs of toxic behavior that early on, that's too soon. Like, that means they're just going to get worse over time. Like, anyone can, like, have those traits, but usually they try to hide them, but they show them right away. Like, you have to just cut it off. And I think because it's a dating environment and because you're both, like, taking a risk and taking a chance on each other, like, it's hard, but you can say, like, hey, like I don't really see this going anywhere it was nice to meet you but like I don't really see anything here they hopefully will take it well and if you're still over texting if you haven't even met in person yet like you can either tell them that over text or you can like ghosting is not great but if you feel unsafe or that they don't deserve a response from you because they were extremely rude or toxic whatever like I think there are some situations where you can just delete their number and move on I definitely agree that like usually if you can spot like a red flag like you'll know that this conversation is most likely not going to be very fruitful. I'm not gonna lie I definitely have ghosted before because I didn't like the way a conversation was going and like I didn't feel like first of all like I had the energy to try to argue that no you're like wrong about this or like this wasn't like a polite thing to say or something because like I am personally a pushover, but like when I don't like things that are like said that are like problematic, I'm like, you don't deserve having me explain to you like what you did wrong. If you want to know like what you did wrong, you should just like go Google it or like ask someone for like their input because some people really just don't deserve that time and energy. It is a waste of your time and effort on like someone who doesn't deserve it. I feel like I haven't really experienced toxicity while online dating, but I feel like now with what has happened socially and politically, the way I deal with toxicity and like the way I identify it is if they are not open to other like ideas and opinions and they are very like one-sided and they're not open to like learning new things and like considering the other side and being like empathetic, I feel like that's really toxic. Like for example, like people who are saying like lions, not sheep, or like masking is controlling us or crazy stuff like that. I feel like that is toxic and what I do is I just unfollow them because from that point on I just it's not worth it I don't want to like try I don't want to like look at it and just be upset you know like I have control over my social media and I have control over my feed and like with Anna and Irene like you have control over your conversations so basically I feel like the best way to do is just ignore it and like move on and just I don't know if anything like block them it's their loss we don't need to be doing like emotional labor with people that we barely know or that we just met it's just not (laughs) worth it for us No, I definitely agree. Like, usually I don't think I'd mind, like, explaining to someone who I could see would, like, be open to hearing about, like, what went wrong or, like, what was problematic. But, like, I think usually, like, with the kind of people who would say those kinds of things, you kind of know from, like, the get-go that this conversation wouldn't go anywhere, even if you tried to, like, let someone else have the hassle of explaining it to them. I feel like you can also notice not just, I guess, specific like openness things, but I feel like sometimes you can notice the way someone speaks and the way someone speaks to you. You can kind of notice off the get-go. For example, I had an ex who I was talking to, like when we were initially texting very early on, started like, because I wasn't responding quickly, started saying like, oh, it's okay. Like, I'm not hearing back from you. Like, I guess you don't really care. Like, blah, 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 very early on. But initially I was like, oh no, like... I do care. Like I was just studying or like I, it was finals week too. So it was like, I, I just had finals, like blah, blah, blah. But then that pattern continued throughout the relationship when we were like together. And that was like the reason we ended up, we're one of the many reasons we ended up breaking up. But like having that kind of pattern of behavior and identifying it, I feel like can even be really hard because you're trying to be your nicest self, kind of like Anna was saying before. 
people who are manipulative will like see how far they can push you and they'll start as early as possible. Like the second they see an in or the second they like feel a connection or they can tell that you're being vulnerable, like they will start manipulating you. So now you know the signs. (laughs) I feel like that kind of attitude is like what I would call nice guy slash girl, but not really. Because like by making it seem like they care about you because they want like all of your time and attention then you give it to them and like then you like do your own thing for a little bit and then they get all like I feel like needy isn't the word I want to use for it but like they still keep wanting like more of your energy and attention and I feel like it's just like there's some things that even like having a discussion about boundaries and stuff can't fix. Okay and for our final question it's kind of pulling back to what we were talking about earlier with the generational differences between dating now and dating then. It's like how do you think generational differences around perceptions of online dating have affected understandings of consent now? I think in general our generation or just like the world with technology and all of it has evolved to be a lot more forward in the online dating like aspect but a lot less forward in the real life aspect. I think people especially since COVID but even before then people are less likely to try to just go out and meet people organically. I think we've been taught that it's dangerous, whatever, um, through our own experiences, through our friends' experiences. But then at the same time, we look at our parents and I mean, if our parents are still together, mine are, they've been married like 32 years and they met at a frat party. And like, I don't know about you guys, but I've been to my share of frat parties and there was no husband material there. Just kidding. I met my first boyfriend at a frat party and I dated him longer than I should have because we met in such a cute way. So I think our parents' generation or older generations might criticize us for being in this technology-obsessed like online dating thing and that it seems fake or superficial, but I think that's just the way our perspective on it has evolved to be, and I think it would be really hard to go back to just meeting people organically because our brains have like shifted. I mean, my parents did not do the whole dating thing. My dad calls it courting. So I think that tells you where he's at in terms of dating. Like my parents had an arranged marriage. But I feel like for me, like there was like no prior experience I really had or that I could like look to before like stepping into like online dating. So I think just like... It was really interesting because I feel like it definitely like has pushed me like out of my comfort zone. But I feel like there are a couple of good things about like online dating being online because in a way I do feel like it's easier to like set boundaries and stuff like kind of like to filter out like who you want to spend like your time and effort like getting to know and things and you can do that from like the get go or like a few messages in and like it's a lot harder to do that to people like in real life like you can't just be like oh you just said like this one thing just now so I'm gonna just leave and like that's it like you can't do that because of like societal norms and stuff but I think in a way online dating has given like some semblance of like consent because I think Anna mentioned it earlier like once you agree like once you message each other it's kind of like you're agreeing to like talk in like I don't know if safe space is the word for it but like I guess an area or like a bubble of sorts so I think that's one thing that's actually kind of nice about it I think like the generational differences between like our parents' generation and like our generation with like online dating is that there was a stigma. And like, if you met someone online, it seemed very like, oh, desperate. And like, oh, like you couldn't meet someone organically in person. But I feel that like now it's just with everything going on and being full-time students and COVID, I feel like it's just convenient and it's easier. And it gives you the opportunity to choose whether or not you want to date or if you do want to put yourself out there, like with online dating, and that's like yourself consenting to be open to these like new emotional experiences and relationships and I just think that 
when you do like when you are matching with someone and like you take it like a step further and further and further that's like you and that other person somewhat like unspoken type of consent like agreeing to get to know each other more and more and more and like letting the other person in and you being let into the other person's life but that's just like the perfect example of only dating I think it's not always going to be like that but I think as long as the other person is respecting you and your boundaries that's like the best type of consent so like more of an agreement to get to know one another is what we're referring like just to clarify like what we're referring to in the sense as like consenting to open yourself up to like emotionally to someone right yeah yeah just like to clarify because i i feel like i like I wasn't sure. So I wanted to just, but I was going to ask just kind of like to follow up. How do you think, because like online relationships uh, tend to move faster than organic relationships, how do you think conversations around consent overall can be navigated? So I think one thing with that, kind of like Jody was saying, is when you're in that online dating or dating app space, like you're in a dating zone until proven otherwise, until you say like, oh no, we should just be friends or something, or we should not talk anymore. Whereas in real life, you're acquaintances or friends until proven otherwise, like until you say like, hey, I'm interested in you in a dating kind of way. So I think consent should be clearer if you're already starting from that like you said, like moving quickly, starting from a head start of saying, oh, we're dating. I would hope that consent conversations would follow. Like how far are you comfortable taking this relationship? Are you looking for something casual? Are you looking for something serious? Like, I think that should be clear, but I don't think it always is because I think people get really comfortable talking to someone, texting someone for a long period of time, and they might just assume that that's where it's going. So even though you started from that kind of head start, you still have to ask what the other person wants out of the relationship. So like issues with assumption of mutual interest and like how far that goes. I think like also when it comes to consent and online dating, it's really important to just kind of honestly just go like balls in, balls out, whatever, like have big balls basically. And just be okay with asking the questions, like the hard hitting questions like, oh, do you want to have sex or not? Like how far do you want this to go? Like, are you comfortable with this or not? Like we can do other stuff. Like I think it's really important to have an open, honest conversation. Like it may be uncomfortable, but I feel like it's better to assume than not and just be straight with it rather than like kind of guessing, kind of not guessing. And then when you meet someone, like what if they want this, but you want that and it's just like awkward and someone's feelings get hurt or their like boundaries are crossed and it's just like awkward because you aren't on the same page. So I feel like with online dating and any other type of dating now, I feel like it's really important to be on the same page and even to continue to ask for consent every step of the way. Even if you've been together like a long time, it's still important to ask for consent, like no matter what. And it might seem like really dumb, for me to say this, but I feel like it's important to maintain these boundaries and not assume that your partner wants to do this or that just because you've been together for X amount of time. Well, I definitely agree with like, no matter how long you've been with someone or like have been getting to know them, always ask. I have like good amount of friends like where they were clearly not on the same page as their partner. And I'd be like, and this would be after like maybe like months or like close to a year of like talking. I'm like, maybe you, you guys should have had this conversation like at the beginning of the relationship. So like you wouldn't be having these issues now about like who is comfortable with like doing what and stuff. I think it's just like also just practical, like in terms of like who you see yourself like being in a relationship with, especially like over a long period of time. I think those are definitely 
definitely things like that need to be discussed like within like the first few like I don't know if messages or like at least like conversations because I think like honesty is very important in a relationship and I do feel like consent is a form of honesty so I think it's important to be clear about that always. It's also crazy like what people assume a relationship means because tons of people will use the same words to describe the relationship. Like a bunch of people might say, oh, we're casually dating, but that means something totally different to every single person. So even if in their profile they have like, oh, looking for something casual or looking for a relationship, like Jody said, you have to just ask straight up, like, how serious are we talking here? Like, what are you actually interested in? Yeah, like this didn't happen online, but my first adult relationship, I thought I was on the same page with my partner at the time. We were not. I was basically in a relationship by myself for three years while he was gallivanting with other um, people. So honestly, yeah, take it from me. Uh, take it from Auntie Jody. You gotta, you know, if you see the signs, you gotta listen to them. If everyone is telling you that this person is not good for you, listen to them. If you think you can change a person, you are wrong. You cannot change another person. But honestly, like, yeah, really, honesty is where it's at. And if you think your partner is lying to you, if you have like a feeling, like just a bad feeling, like listen to your gut. And honestly, it'll take you places. Okay, I'm going to hop on that because as a perpetually single friend, I'm like the seventh wheel at times. I will say that I feel like I have, I am like the master of picking out what's wrong with everyone's boyfriend. So if you want brutal, honest advice, I will give it to you. Listen to me when I tell you because I'm not just like picking on things for nothing. I'm like, I've seen this happen before. And as someone watching from the outside, it's a lot easier for us to like see when things are going wrong. So please take it with a grain of salt because I re- like as a single friend who's talking for other single friends out there, we care about you. We're not trying to purposely sabotage your relationship. And also consent is not just sexy, it is mandatory. Please, please, please have these talks. The beginning of a relationship and never assume. All right. Does anyone want to add anything before we quickly wrap up? I feel like consent as a woman or someone identifying as a woman, I feel like it's very important to know what you mean by when you say yes and no and not use maybe as a scapegoat to just let whatever's happening to you happen to you because that's like a boundary that you should set for yourself because I unfortunately have said maybe and let things happen and it wasn't cool and I don't know why I let it happen just because I didn't want to hurt another person's feeling but honestly if you look back and you regret something I feel like it's important to just take a step and like realize that saying yes or no it's okay and you should care about your feelings first before someone else's. I agree. I think it's really important for people to remember that just as consent can be given anytime, it can be revoked anytime. Like, it doesn't matter how long you've known the person, like how well you know them, if they are doing something and you're not comfortable, please feel like you can, like, I'm guessing unless you're in, like, a super life-threatening situation, like, please remember that you can and should always say no and, like, assert that boundary. Like, no one has a right to violate you like that. I'll add to that too. If you have to ask over and over and you're just trying to break down the person, that's coercion. That's not consent. And that can go for online or in person. If you send someone a million messages, like hitting them up over and over and over again, and they're not into it. And then they finally give in and let you message them. That's not consent either. So it applies in real life and it applies online. All right. Thank you all for coming out here and sharing your thoughts and experiences. I appreciate your vulnerability and willingness to create this space.
On that note, this marks the end of our discussion here. But to everyone listening, this is just a start. Please do carry on this conversation at home and among friends. For more discussion on similar topics and exploring lived experiences, join us back here on the Narrative Project podcast. Thanks for tuning into the Narrative Project podcast. We hope you all enjoyed the dialogue we had today. Please remember, should you need support from the care office, please call us at 949-824-7273 or email us at care at uci.edu. Our services are available to UCI students, staff, and faculty members Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. PST. The UCI Counseling Center is available at 949-824-6457 and offers 24-hour access to counselors by phone. And for Waymaker's 24-hour hotline, uh, they can be contacted at 949-831-9110 in South Orange County or 714-957-2737 for North Orange County. And provide, they can provide resources and referrals for survivors of sexual assault. Human Options 24-hour hotline is available at 877 854 3594 and provides resources, safety, and support for individuals experiencing relationship abuse. For those outside of Orange County, the National Sexual Assault Hotline can be reached at 1-800-656-4673 or through online chat at rain.org. that's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G, for resources and referrals for survivors of sexual assault. And the National Domestic Violence Hotline can be reached at 1-800-799-7233 or through online chat at thehotline.org. That's T-H-E-H-O-T-L-I-N-E dot O-R-G for resources and referrals for survivors of individuals experiencing relationship abuse. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, Please be sure to share it with someone you know and join us for our next conversation. Bye for now.